When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in Wednesday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We've got a loaded radio program for you. We joined, wrote wrote a great piece for foxnews.com. Dr. Marty McCary, who has been one of the voices of sanity in the medical community. Johns Hopkins uh, uh, doctor, also the chief medical advisor, I believe, for uh, the state of Virginia and Glenn Youngkin, the new governor there. Uh, He wrote a piece pointing out all of the flaws that the so-called experts have uh, embraced associated with COVID. Uh, We've got the United States Senate, which voted not to continue uh, the mask mandate on planes, on trains, uh, in your Ubers and your Lyfts, all of the different places where masks are still required. We'll talk about that. Guess who was the only Republican to vote in favor of maintaining the mask mandate? None other than Senator Mitt Romney of Utah. We will be joined by Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin in the program. We'll talk more about Mitt Romney in a bit. Although, Buck, does it surprise you that Mitt Romney was the only Republican to vote uh, in favor in some ways of maintaining the mask mandate? No, because ever since I saw him marching with BLM and and did you we should pull that audio where he's like, well, I'm here. Because, you know, I want to make it clear that black lives matter. I was like, this guy is such I guess maybe he was so beaten down by, let's be honest, getting his butt kicked by Obama in 2012 that he's just desperate for the approval of the elites now. You know, he just wants he wants the New York Times to think well of him. That was pathetic. But this was even more annoying because he his justification, you know, Clay, sorry, I know we don't want to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His justification is that the experts should make these decisions. no. I want to flip over tables and scream profanity when he says this. The Senate should be making the dis- the determination about this based on if they want the advice of people like the CDC. The CDC is not some super legislature. No doubt. And also they're not uh, held accountable by voters, which is why we're saying November has to be an onslaught. By the way, it is also the two-year anniversary 
of 15 days to slow the spread. Uh, if you remember that press conference, it has now been seven hundred, I believe, seven hundred and thirty days since fifteen days to slow the spread. We're still fighting a lot of those battles. But speaking of fighting battles, uh, Vladimir uh, Zelensky addressed Congress uh, just a couple of hours ago uh, and made his plea for as much American support as he could possibly get as the uh, overall battle inside of Ukraine continues to grow in intensity. He spoke in English for a short part of that overall address. Here is Vladimir Zelensky speaking in English. As the leader of my nation, I'm addressing the President Biden. You are the leader of the nation, of your great nation. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Thank you. So there's no doubt now, Buck, that Zelensky is continuing to play the role, we talked about this last week, of the modern-day Churchill. He is going around and speaking to all these different countries. He just spoke to Canada. I believe he's scheduled to speak to several other European countries. He's already spoken last week to Boris Johnson, Parliament in England. He spoke to Congress asking for as much support as he can possibly get. I don't doubt that this will help his overall trajectory in terms of the amount of support the United States is going to give him. But do you believe anything changed in any kind of substantive way based on his address to Congress today, Buck? Emotional appeal. That's what it was in front of the uh, members of Congress assembled. There was a video with it was scored with uh, you know orchestral sad orchestral music and they were showing horrific imagery of children missing legs and buildings being destroyed and this is all meant and this is all happening and it is horrible it is atrocious this is meant to evoke an emotional response from us that we should think differently about what the US role in this should be based upon the emotional appeal right based upon our sense of outrage morality and i think we have to be very cautious about that we all understand what's going on here is terrible this should have been the whole war should have been averted i think that's also something that gets lost in this discussion it was an enormous uh, blunder and a miscalculation on the part of the nato allies looking at this the biden administration looking at this they really didn't believe, I think, until the very end, until maybe the days or a couple of weeks before that Putin was going to go in. But put that aside for a moment. Clay, there's already negotiations underway. This is being widely reported on about how to end the conflict, what would be necessary here in terms of concessions from Ukraine. Now, I understand that we want to side with and we do side with the aggrieved, assaulted party here, which is Ukraine. They're being bullied uh, and they're being massacred by a superior military force in a bigger, stronger country in a way that is horrific. But all of that said, the most important thing, I believe, is to bring this war to a conclusion. And there's already a discussion about neutrality for Ukraine. Would that be enough? Now, Ukraine, as I understand the negotiations, and of course, I'm not there. and We have to rely on the reporting on this, right? You're not in the room. I'm not in the room. But this is what Western news sources are reporting Ukraine is saying, well, no, we have to have guarantees, security guarantees, and not just a promise of neutrality. But there's already discussion about how to end this thing. Keep that in mind when we're looking at now the, the ask from Zelensky. There's really a two, there's two things. He wants 
a no-fly zone, clear the skies, which we've already discussed. A no-fly zone means shooting down Russian planes. And it's not seen for everybody out there that a no-fly zone is going to have the support in order to ever occur, at least with United States involvement or NATO involvement, right? It does not seem that it's going to happen. Today, yes. I'm not sure ever, but I think today, which is what my, that's my concern. I mean, Clay, you're right that right now there is really a bipartisan Agreement that we don't. There is a bipartisan leadership consensus, but it has this has been evolving day in and day out. The secondary ask was, well, if you won't do that, give us more weapons. And now there is discussion of sending uh, the switchblade suicide drones, for example. I mean, it's a suicide for the drone, not a person. Um, But that they those were used in Afghanistan, for example, and giving them uh, more advanced surface to air missile systems so they could at least defend themselves better against these. Russian strikes. Keep in mind, a lot of what we're seeing are Russian missile strikes, from what we understand, and artillery. And a no-fly zone would be very limited. And the, the way you stop that with a no-fly zone, uh, Clay, would be at engaging targets on the ground, which means now our planes are blowing up things on the ground, too. So this is how it gets much bigger, much faster as a point of U.S. military involvement. Will we give him additional tools? Yes, we've been giving them a lot. But I think the focus should be on trying to figure out what the negotiation could be here, what what the final uh, the final deal could be to end this, more so than this idea that Ukraine is going to be able to... Def- I, th- I still think people think Ukraine is going to be able to defeat Russia in this fight um, and kick them out of the country, and I don't see that happening, and I don't think anyone is following it very closely as a conflict sees that happening. And then you can certainly understand the Ukrainian perspective, which is if we're going to enter into some form of ceasefire, how do we have guarantees that we're not going to get invaded again by Russia in a year or six months or two years? What is there that would make Vladimir Putin not actually do this? And look, they've already negotiated, they thought, for their own support historically they gave up their nukes. They thought they were going to get the uh, the protection in the event that Russia ever invaded. And that's the key to me is how in the world do you get an enforceable pact of non-aggression going forward from Russia? And can you trust anything that Vladimir Putin says in this arena? I, I don't think you can, Buck. And so that, that, that raises the issue of how do you ever end this conflict when there is no mutuality of trust that Vladimir Putin is going to accede to anything he agrees to uh, today or tomorrow or in the near future for months or years into uh, into the right. future. That's just not going to happen. So you there's, can't trust him. There's two parts of this, right? There's the stopping the missiles and the bombs from falling right now to save as many lives as possible while we can. And then I think what you're getting to, Clay, is the reality of what things actually look like even after a ceasefire. And even if there is, I mean, right now, I I think there's essentially no chance that you're going to have Russia agree to give back any of the territory. Forget about Crimea. That's now officially that's been officially part of Russia, Um, even though the international community rejects it. It's been officially part of Russia for years. But everything that they've grabbed in the east, maybe even some of the stuff they've grabbed to the north um, of Kiev, the capital city, they may say, well, no, this is now a Russian protectorate. We need this for uh, a strategic buffer, if you will, between a hostile state and us. And so what's the difference between that and a forward operating base for further aggression against Ukraine in two years, in 10 years, who knows, to take more of the country as a stronger, more powerful neighbor? So, you know, is that likely to happen? I I think so. 
Um, I think that that's one of the big challenges here is even if there is a ceasefire and a promise of neutrality, it feels like this is just a phased consuming of the Ukrainian state by the Russian bear that is happening right now. It's just a question of how much they do today, how much they'll do in six months and in six years. Uh, but it, it all also comes back to, do we want do we want to have a fight with Russia? Does the United States, does uh, do our NATO allies want to see how crazy Putin's willing to be if he feels backed into a corner? And I, I think the answer is still for those who understand what he could pull off and what he could try. This is not our fight. Our troops should not be involved. Our airmen and women should not be involved. But, Clay, that could change very quickly. You know, not, enough not of these only, videos, enough of these appeals. Not only that, I mean, what in the world going forward is going to happen in terms of bringing Russia back into the global order? How much trust? I mean, again, the analogy that I would use historically, Buck, is this feels a bit to me like the first Gulf War where Saddam Hussein invades Kuwait, uh, the United Nations, everybody comes together to kick him out of Kuwait. But he's still in control, and so it's just part and parcel of a longer story as opposed to some sort of official resolution. Obviously, the difference is Russia is gaining territory here, whereas Iraq lost all of its territory. But Saddam Hussein remained in power, and we ended up having a second part to that, which was the second Gulf War. I don't know that we're going to get any sort of substantive resolution here because Putin it appears, is going to remain in power, and how can you trust anything that he's going to do after what we've seen over the last three weeks or so? And, and it does feel like we're entering a a new Cold War that's really a two-front Cold War. Yes. We have Russia to deal with in the West, although, of course, Russia also stretches to the East, but Russia to deal with in the West and China to deal with in the East. China more economically, at least right now, Russia more militarily, but... The old Soviet Union may be gone. We've got some pretty massive challenges in geopolitics going forward in the West. It's not going to be the clear sailing many of us had hoped for, unfortunately. Pure Talk has earned the right to be called a disruptor. They've certainly disrupted the status quo in the cell phone service business. Think about it. They offer much better pricing for monthly cell service from those bigger, better-known companies, and they do it all while providing you with cell service on the same towers and the same network as one of those better-known companies. You keep your same phone and same phone number. But instead of paying a big bill each month, you might pay as little as $30 a month for unlimited talk and text and six gigs of data. That's a huge savings compared to your existing bill. So give Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile the boot and only pay for the service you need and want, like unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data for just $30 a month. From your cell phone, dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. You can literally be switched over to Pure Talk service in less than 10 minutes. Dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. 
We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. First thing we would have to do is suppress the enemy air defenses. So we'd have to take out the Russian surface air missile sites. And then, as Russian airplanes are flying, you have to enforce the no-fly zone, so you, you have to shoot them down. And we can do that. Uh, but then we're in a direct combat action with the Russian military. That means we are at war with Russia. And uh, at this point, uh, I think it is in the best interest of everybody for us to avoid being at war with Russia. Russia has 6,000 nuclear warheads. We have 5,500. Um, the support we're giving Ukraine right now is effective. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. That was Senator, uh, Senator Mark Kelly on the no-fly zone. Yeah, it is, it is best if we avoid a war with Russia. I think that is pretty clear. And so that would be well, let's let's be uh, very clear eyed about this one. What is the worst possible outcome here? I think that's the worst possible outcome of all of the things that we are seeing. So we should do everything we can to avoid that. So then what other options are there? Well, a congressional uh, minority leader, Kevin McCarthy, uh, says that we need to give Ukraine a mix of stuff so they can create their own no-fly zone. I thought President Zelensky was very powerful, as many of you watched. He made the case very strongly. When you think about what President Biden should do, I think there's a bipartisan movement right here. Provide them the mix. Provide them the planes where they can create a no-fly zone. Provide them the armament that they need to continue to fight a, a war that they did not create. I thought the video was one of the most moving moments in there. Made the case of the murdering of innocent people, that war crimes are being committed, that America and the world cannot sit by and ignore. Clay, this is where we may see a change in sentiment. A few days ago it was giving planes could be seen as an escalation. Um, and, and people argue, well, we're already giving them shoulder-fired missiles, and what's the difference? Well, 
You know, it's it's like if, if you give your uh, if you were to give your neighbor a rifle to fight off a home invasion um, versus, I guess, giving them a bazooka. I mean, there there are different levels of military assistance and involvement that one could point to. But it, I mean, to be fair, it's lethal aid either way. So I see this. Do you think we're going to give them planes? It seems like there is a building consensus towards giving them the planes. I mean, when when I watch the Zelensky discussion, Buck, what immediately comes to mind, remember early on when he said, uh, this may be the last time that you see me alive, and there was this idea that Russia was going to capture and assassinate Zelensky? Yep. That seems to have completely disappeared, the idea that he's going to be captured and assassinated, such that... You know the technology and the, the search capabilities better than than most. But when you're addressing Congress and you're talking to world leaders all over the place, there has to be a degree of confidence that somebody's not suddenly going to bomb where you are or there's not going to be an assassin squad that suddenly shows up while you're in the middle of an event like this. He hasn't left Kiev to our knowledge and so I wonder to what extent there is some sort of agreement. I may tell me if you think I'm crazy on this that his safety is not now as paramount of a concern as it appeared to be in the first few days of this invasion. Does that make sense? I mean, when I see him doing all these uh, all these interviews and all these discussions everywhere, it doesn't seem to me like he is terrified that at any moment he's going to be killed. It's you're hearing less about it to be sure, and there's a lot of what really felt like war propaganda coming from all directions in the early days of of the conflict. I'd say this, though, what really has to be assessed here is enhancing the capabilities of the Ukrainians to punch back against the Russians, specifically with planes. Um, does that prolong or shorten the conflict so that we get to a negotiation and an end to actual hostilities? I think there's an assumption that it would make the Russians come to the table faster. We'll have to see. CarShield makes life easier for car owners. They offer protection plans for around 100 bucks a month and cover more car parts than ever before. Whether your car has 5,000 miles on it or 100,000 miles, CarShield has a protection plan for you. That means when you need a repair, you choose the mechanic and CarShield's administrators handle the rest. No paperwork or headaches. And you can get hooked up with great offers right now. They've helped millions of drivers. It's easy for you to get hooked up as well and they will help to protect you from expensive car repairs. Go to carshield.com slash Clay and Buck or call 800-391-8888 to save 10% on your plan and lock in your pricing forever. Carshield.com slash Clay and Buck, 800-391-8888. A deductible may apply. Welcome back in. We are joined now as we roll through the first hour of the Wednesday edition of the program by Dr. Marty McCary of Johns Hopkins University. He's the author of The Price We Pay. He also has got a great piece up, 10 Biggest COVID Mistakes. Americans Deserve an Apology from the Medical Experts. Uh, it's linked at clayandbuck.com at Fox Sports, uh, foxnews.com. You can check it out there. Uh, Dr. McCary, appreciate you joining us. Uh, I read your piece this morning. Really well done. Um, what is your take on, we, we, we said we were going to talk about it in a little bit, but the Senate actually voted on mask mandates on airplanes, and Mitt Romney was the only Republican. I believe there were eight different Democratic senators, many of them in tight re-election races, 
that also voted, 57 total, to do away with the airplane mandate. Uh, why in the world does that mandate still exist? Is it totally and completely illogical? I think it is. Um, I think that we have now the data that we should have gotten on day one of the pandemic on cloth masks. And really what protects people is the ventilation in the airplane. And some people just don't want to accept that. And if you want to wear a mask forever for the rest of your life, then you'll say we need to wear a mask now because we're at about the lowest numbers we're going to be. We're going to fester at these low numbers off and on forever. People are getting depressed. People don't like, they're sad when they're wearing a mask. We're not, we're losing the human connection. And we just got data that the isolation that the pandemic has promoted has increased the rates of heart disease and stroke by 30% and increased dementia by 50%. So we got to accept a little bit of risk on COVID to try to alleviate the harm we're seeing outside of COVID. Wait a second, Dr. McCarrick, can you just, just hit that again? Because I hadn't seen or heard that. I think people really do need to hear this. We've seen... What percent increases in in heart attack and stroke during the pandemic? Yeah, so this is a study, ironically, that data that came from the CDC. So just recognize the real numbers may be twice as high. But they reported that the effect of isolation during the pandemic resulted in a 29% increase in heart disease, 32% increase in stroke, and a 50% increase in dementia. People are losing their mind. So, so they're lock, locking people away is dramatically increasing their possibility of death from a whole range of factors. That is, that is from the CDC's own data. That's right. And something that scientists are not honest about is that we've lost about 100,000 Americans a year above what we normally lose in, in our death tolls from non-COVID mortality, what we call excess non-COVID deaths. Nobody's talking about that. That is something that you don't see in Sweden which, by the way, all in all, has a far lower fatality rate per capita than the United States. Speaking of Dr. Marty McCary, uh, Dr. McCary, I, I also want to know what you think when you hear the CEO of Pfizer, Burlach, saying that we are that they're calling for the emergency authorization for a a fourth shot, uh, meaning the the second booster shot, and even Fauci now says, yeah, it might have to be shots forever. I mean. Are these people just utterly shameless? Because I remember when even last summer, when people like me and Clay and others were saying, guys, it's going to be shots for every year for the rest of your life if they can if they get their way with it. I mean, do you feel like there's any contrition from within the medical community, the people that push this kind of stuff and now have realized it wasn't what they said it would be? Well, a lot of doctors are frustrated that a company executive now is basically taking the functional role as, as the director of the United States CDC. And Dr. Fauci and Dr. Walensky are playing passive. We started to see that when Omicron came about in South Africa, Walensky and Fauci, the NIH, all took a very passive role. And the companies did the experiments, not the United States laboratories and the government. The companies, the pharma industry, did the experiments and said, we have data telling you that you should get another shot. And they just... Uh, parroted what they without seeing the underlying data just repeated that a lot of people are frustrated and i think if it were up to, to the shareholders of pfizer we might be getting a shot every monday morning when we show up to work <laughs> dr mccary uh in your uh 10 things that we got wrong meaning the public health experts what do you think was the biggest failure uh when i read your list to me it's shutting down the schools was there a bigger failure in your mind than that 
Well, I'll tell you one that's just close to my heart because I'm a surgeon who has been with people at the end of life at the bedside in the ICU. And the way that we shut out loved ones from saying goodbye to their family members it was a human rights violation that spanned yeah. most of the pandemic and all the hospitals were complicit as the establishment did nothing. That was one of the most cruel practices this country inflicted on its own citizens. Dr. McCary, are you having more and more people from within the medical community reach out to you to either? I mean, look, it's it's at this point even more important, I would think, than them saying you're right is saying that they will not allow this to happen again. They recognize that masking up between bites on airplanes is a moronic, anti-scientific policy that was instituted, that masking up uh, children in schools was an idiotic, unscientific policy that was really child abuse on a on a massive scale. I mean, are there other doctors who, you know, we used to have you on, and there were not a lot of you, MDs with real credentials who would come forward and speak obvious truths, are you going to be the lone man shouting from the mountaintop the next time, Doc, or are there going to be others standing alongside you? I think a lot of doctors now feel empowered. They've seen that they've got to speak up. They, You know, I got a lot of secret praise from doctors around the country, and a bunch of us who spoke up did. We took a big risk because universities and medical societies, journals, bully and threaten people who speak up about their opinion different from the establishment. But we're all proud of our medical profession, and we're seeing our credibility now in the toilet, and that's why doctors are speaking up now, and they're coming around. Uh, I'm reading right now the Washington Post, uh, Dr. McCary. They have a headline, A COVID Surge in Western Europe Has U.S. Bracing for Another Wave. Right now, obviously, the numbers are down quite low in the United States as the Omicron variant seems to have burned out. Do you expect to see these continuing waves in the future? Maybe even this one connected to Western Europe. There has oftentimes been a connection between what happens in Western Europe and what happens in the United States. Yeah, the UK has been a pretty reliable preview of what we can expect. And what they're seeing is uh, an uptick. I wouldn't call it a wave. I don't think it's going to be a wave. What they're seeing is that the BA2 sort of second variant version of Omicron is causing some infection out there, even in people who had Omicron in the past. And so what they're noticing is an uptick, especially in the southern region where the vaccination rates in older people are, may not be, uh, those vaccines may not be holding up very well. I think we're going to see ebbs and flows for a long time, and I can guarantee you COVID's going to take a bump up in the fall because it's now one of the regular respiratory viruses we're going to see every winter, every viral season. Dr. McCurry, are you confident that we will never go? And when I say we, I mean anywhere, including places like New York, Los Angeles, we will not go back into lockdown again. Is that is is there a consensus, even if it's a quiet one, on lockdowns were disastrous with little to no benefit? Unfortunately, I don't think there's a consensus. I mean, look at the study out of Hopkins on lockdowns. It was very elegant, very sophisticated. My colleagues did it. And it was basically blown off by a part of the country that didn't want to hear it. Here we had the largest public health intervention in human history, that is the lockdowns, and people are not even interested in studying the impact of it. There's probably no better comparison than comparing Sweden and Michigan, identical in population, identical in their age and age distribution, yet Sweden had doubled the deaths of Michigan. We've got to learn our lessons, and unfortunately I think some parts of the, of the country are not interested in the data. 
Uh, Dr. McCary, what would you tell us we should know? For everybody out there who is following the storylines, what's next? I mean, we're right now, today is the anniversary of 15 days to slow the spread. It's now been 730 days, two full years, since 15 days to slow the spread. What's next? How does this uh, continue? Well, I think the thing that we've never accepted as a country, that we still need to accept, is that there is a 1,000 to 10,000-fold difference in the risk to people who are vulnerable and older versus people who are younger and healthier. We've never talked about obesity as a risk factor. We've got to get people active, healthy. We've got to talk about food as medicine. And we've got to start recognizing that risk cannot be eliminated. We've got to learn to live with it because it's going to be here forever, which means every viral season we're going to see a bump up. You've got to use common sense precautions. If you're sick, stay home. If you've been exposed, stay your distance. And if you're around someone vulnerable, be careful. That's true of all respiratory pathogens. At this point, influenza is as or more dangerous than COVID, according to the new Financial Times analysis that just came out. We've got to learn to live with all these viral pathogens. Dr. Marty McCary of Johns Hopkins University Medical Center, author of The Price We Pay. He's got a piece up at clayandbuck.com. Ten biggest COVID mistakes. Americans deserve an apology from the medical experts. Dr. McCary, always appreciate the expertise, sir. Thank you. Great to be with you guys. Thanks. Someone working with Relief Factor shared a letter from Jenny, who's living in Texas. She'd been taking Relief Factor for four weeks. Unfortunately, Jenny had been hit by a car in a terrible accident nearly a year ago, and she was in a place where nothing she tried for pain relief was really working. Jenny and her husband had heard of Relief Factor and decided to give it a try. In a week's time, she started noticing a decrease in the pain in her lower back and an increased range of motion. You can imagine she's incredibly grateful. Relief Factor has helped when everything else she tried quit working. Relief Factor is a beautiful addition to her natural therapies. Because Relief Factor is a 100% drug-free product, and it addresses joint pain, knee, hip, back, neck, and shoulder pain. Created by doctors and based on scientific research, Relief Factor helps your body reduce pain and inflammation associated with aging, exercise, and everyday living. Relief Factor goes to the source of inflammation. Join the more than half a million people and order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to get the 1995 three-week quick start developed for you. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF. Relief Factor. Feel the difference. Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. culture. And a little bit of 
Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring little bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Play and Buck Show continuing now. Thanks for being here with us. The White House doesn't learn the proper lessons from the failures and from the poor decision-making that it engages in on a regular basis they do something the outcome is bad and they keep doing more of it they say if only we double down then things will get better that's one one defining characteristic of the biden regime another one is that they will still focus on things that do not matter and even in some cases do not even exist do not even exist equal pay day is based upon the myth that there is widespread systemic Pay inequity based on sexism. You've probably heard this. You know, women only earn 71 cents on the dollar or the number changes, you know, 75 cents, whatever it is, something like that. And uh, when they actually look at this in 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 a real way, when they don't create studies the way they create mask studies now where they don't have a control group and they just are trying to come up with an excuse to uh, to push a modeling approach to well, we modeled this on a computer. So here's the answer. Well, what went into your model? Well, be quiet. Don't ask questions. Equal payday is a thing now. I don't even know this. It's, it's I think it's March 7th every year. That is equal payday. And Kamala Harris, because if you ever want someone to represent merit, hard work and the top <laughs> level of skill in one's profession, everybody thinks of Kamala. Kamala Harris at the equal payday summit. Here she is with the usual Please. Oh, I think our so. economy just has not been working as it should for the women of our nation. Across industries, women are less likely to be hired than equally qualified men. They are paid less and promoted slower for doing similar work. Women are routinely shut out of good jobs in high paying industries such as science and technology, construction and truck driving in part because our society tells women that some industries are just not for them. This is just not true. I mean, I, I want, this is one of these things the left keeps saying. They keep saying, and every time we, it's debunked, you come back to it, it's not true. The wage differences reflect personal choices. They reflect economic reality. They reflect hours worked in. They reflect the difficulty. And 
and uh, risks of different professions. Clay, if you you ran a business, very successful business, been acquired by Fox. If you could save thirty percent on all personnel that's, costs, that's my argument every time. That's my argument every time. Anybody who has ever run a business, if you told me that women only made seventy percent of what men make, why would every business in America not exclusively hire women and save thirty percent on their labor cost? And what's frustrating about this is just a lie. But what's also frustrating about this is if you really want to focus on women and the challenges they're facing right now, Buck, it's the two-year anniversary of 15 days to slow the spread. Do you know the overwhelming group of workers out there that bore the brunt of the shutdown and the lockdown? Women. Because women overwhelmingly bear responsibility for child care in this country. So shutting down schools and not allowing women to work, I believe, I'm not sure we've gotten back there yet, we were at a 30-year low for female participation in the workforce early in this year or late in last year as the ravages and impacts of the shutdowns continued. So if you really wanted to have a nuanced, intelligent discussion about the challenges to women, it would have been a discussion about how all of the experts, in quotation marks, failed and women bore the brunt of their failures when they shut down schools and when they shut down the economy. Remember, we're still over 2 million fewer people working today than were working when the shutdowns happened back in March of 2020. There's also, in this equal pay, uh, dis, you know, this, this pay disparity myth, a, a gender negation component, because the, the left insists that women and men, if left left to their own devices, We'll just make the exact same professional choices. And so when that doesn't actually sort out that way, it must be because of misogynistic gender discrimination, which is a very simplistic and really kind of Marxist view of how well, all this stuff actually works. Let, let's just start with let's start with this one. Veterinarians, for example, veterinarians are highly paid and it's a profession that is dominated statistically by women not all women it's not all women but it's something like 60 65 percent a solid majority of veterinarians across the country they make a lot of money are men being excluded from that or are more women choosing that there's also nursing there's primary uh, primary school instruction there's these areas where women make choices that are reflected in the marketplace because women are more likely to do let's say veterinarian work and less likely to be on one of those freezing cold ships where they pull the tuna out of the Bering Sea that they made the show of, you know? Well, biology, deadliest catch, fantastic. Thank you. Biology is real. And biology is real. And every man who's married out there and has ended up having kids, by and large, a huge percentage of you, have found out that women plan far better for having children than men do because they are aware of the challenges that come with having children in a way, and I'll put myself in this category, Frankly, that I never was. And they also, again, bear so much of the responsibility for child care that the people who were failed the most by lockdowns, number one, were kids. Number two, were moms. And that's why we have to have real consequences in the midterm elections coming up very soon. Women are angry. They need to have their votes counted and heard in a monstrous way. Two years from 15 days to stop the spread. We'll do an overview coming up. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth.
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 